0: Welcome each one in the Saviour's name, trusting the Lord's blessing to be upon us as we gather together in worship. And we're going to commence by singing the words of the hymn 581. The hymn 581, stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross, lift high his royal banner, it must not Suffer loss. The hymn five eight one, well known hymn, and uh, let us stand and sing out to the Lord and praise him tonight. Five eight one. be seated, and we're going to turn in the Word of God to 2 Timothy chapter 2, the second epistle of Paul to Timothy, the second chapter, and we'll read the first four verses together as we come to worship this evening. The Word of God says, Thou therefore my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, and the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him. Who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Amen. Uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word this evening, tying into what we have just sung, uh, the soldier of Christ. And uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word this evening. Let us unite together as we open in prayer and as uh, we seek the Lord. Let us pray. <coughs> our eternal God and our Father in heaven, And we thank thee tonight that we can look unto thee and we rejoice this evening that we can focus our attention upon thee and upon thy son, our saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank thee that we are reminded of the great need to stand for Christ, to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And we do beseech thee tonight, O God, that each one of us who profess thy name, each one of us who know the Saviour as the one who has redeemed us and saved us, would have that desire within our lives to be good soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that we would not turn back in the face of battle. That we would use that right equipment that thou has given And our minds are drawn to Ephesians 6 where we see the Christian armor that is laid out by the Apostle. And we thank Thee, O God, that as we've been called to be good soldiers of Christ, that Thou hast given us the armor that we need to stand for Thee. We thank Thee, Father, for the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the Spirit to name just a few and we rejoice in the sword of the Spirit tonight and uh, that is the Word of God. We thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee for the Scriptures, that revelation that is given from Thee to us. And we thank Thee, O God, that in Thy Word we see who we are, uh, sinners uh, that have sinned against Thee, sinners that have no hope in this world and no refuge for our souls. Receive in the Lord Jesus Christ. We rejoice, O God, in the sword of the Spirit that reveals to us Thy so great salvation, and that reveals to us the Savior who made possible this salvation as He went to Calvary's cross to die for the sins of His people. And Father, we rejoice tonight that uh, there is salvation uh, for those who are drawn unto thee by thy spirit to those who repent and believe in the glorious gospel of christ father we do remember those who are outside of christ here those who've never repented maybe despite knowing the gospel they've never turned to christ we think of family members and friends and those for whom we pray in our prayer meetings and at home in private father move in their hearts save them, redeem them, and to the glory of thy name we ask. And we pray tonight that thou would work in their hearts and thou would draw them to thyself and thou would save their souls. Father, we do pray for thy flock here. Meet us at the point of our need, we ask. Bless our fellowship later on. May it be a good time as we talk about the things of God, as we fellowship with one another Uh, Father, bless that time, we pray, but especially bless this time of worship. Close us in with thyself. Take away those distractions, and may we worship thee in spirit and in truth, giving that rightful place, that central place, uh, to the preaching of thy precious word. Father, we remember the uh, churches here in British Columbia. We remember Penticton. In Williams Lake and therein Prince George, our sister congregations, bless their, we pray, meet each of their needs, meet our needs. We do remember our vacant congregations in Phoenix and in Calgary. Lord, fill those places according to thy will in thy time and raise up men who believe in the sufficiency of God, men who are unashamed of the gospel of Christ, men who will preach thy word in all of its fullness. Father, may that be the case here this evening. and May we know that message from thee and to each of our hearts, and may thy name be glorified. Bless us. Father, do our hearts good. Help us as we sing thy praises, as we come to thy truth. and We ask for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. We're going to turn again in our hymnals, to hymn 598. 598, sound the battle cry. See the foe is nigh. Raise the standard high for the Lord. 598, and we'll stand again as we sing, please. seated, going to turn this evening in the Word of God to Hebrews chapter 11, the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and we'll commence our reading at the verse Thirty-one, And in this chapter that we have turned to in the past, eh, we find the various Old Testament saints and their faith is being spoken of and the great actions that they accomplish through the power of God. And we'll break into the passage at verse 31. <coughs> the Word of God says, By faith the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believe not, when she had received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Amen. May the Lord bless the reading tonight of his precious word. Amen. And this point in our service, can we extend again and one word uh, to each one who have gathered in, to those who are visiting, we welcome you, and we trust you'll feel at home with us this evening. And those watching online through sermon audio, uh, we welcome you as well, wherever you may be, and trust that with us here uh, you would enjoy uh, the blessing of the Lord. Do remember regarding uh, this week the various announcements. Uh, after the service this evening, uh, we will be having our monthly time of food and fellowship, and so all are invited to remain behind downstairs and to have uh, some uh, time and some food with one another. Tomorrow evening we have uh, the session and board meeting. Uh, the session meet at 6 p.m. and the board will meet at 7 p.m. And so do uh, remember those meetings. Uh, the Toronto Women's Bible Study takes place on Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time on Zoom. If you need the sign-in details, uh, do speak to Susan, and she can get them for you. On Wednesday at 7.30, there's our uh, Bible study and prayer meeting in the prayer room and on Zoom. And if you want to attend on Zoom and don't have the details, I can add you to that list. And those details go out round about Friday morning, uh, so do uh, remember that. On Saturday, uh, we have our women's breakfast at 9 a.m., And then the men's prayer meeting at 7.30 p.m. Next Lord's Day, the services are at the usual times, as we have in the bulletin. And we have, after the morning service, our communion service, our time around the table of the Lord. And then our Langley Lodge care home, we have a service there at 1.45. Uh, So do uh, remember that for those who usually go. If there are others who want to come along, uh, we'll let us know. And you're very welcome uh, to come as well. On Saturday the 9th of December at 12 p.m. we have our uh, Christmas lunch at Newlands Golf and Country Club for those who are 55 plus and so uh, we are asking if you could put your name on the list by Sunday the 3rd of December so we can know uh, the exact numbers for the booking and if we need to increase it uh, in any way. Uh, we do encourage you to come and uh, do have that time of fellowship uh, with us. On Friday the 15th of December at 7 p.m., we have our Christmas social here, and we'll be singing, various other things. I will bring a devotional from the Word of God, and then we will have some food and refreshments downstairs, more, more will be said about that later on. The Trinitarian Bible Society, the calendars for next year have arrived. The newest magazine is also available, and they have their AGM taking place on Friday, at 7.30 p.m. at the Reformed Congregation of North America in Chilliwack. Uh, So if you're interested in the work of the Bible Society, translating and publishing the Word of God, uh, then uh, do go to that meeting and find out more about uh, the specific work that uh, they do. Uh, There's one more announcement um, of a sorrowful nature regarding uh, Pastor Mock. Uh, some of you uh, will know Pastor Mark. Uh, I believe that uh, he left our congregation here around 10 years ago and served the Lord in various places before going back to uh, Singapore uh, but he him and his wife were members here and his wife uh, passed away I believe uh, yesterday uh, this weekend and so do uh, remember Pastor Mark and uh, the family circle in your prayers at uh, this time. These are all the announcements and they're subject to the will of God. Uh, We're going to turn in our hymnals to hymn 468. 468, I am thine, O Lord, I have heard thy voice and it told thy love to me. 468, we'll remain seated while the tithes for the Lord's work are received, please.
1: Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your love and care to each one of your people. Thank you, Lord, for these tithes and these offerings. We pray that it will be used for your name's sake and for the gospel's sake. We pray now for your help and blessings in the listening and in the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: going to change our positions. We'll stand for the final verse. There are depths of love that I cannot know. Standing to sing verse 4. <laughs> Going to turn in the Word of God this evening to John's Gospel, chapter 14, the Gospel of John and chapter 14, and then we'll also turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 2 again, and we'll read one verse here in John, and we'll read two verses again in 2 Timothy. And tonight our message as you could see in the bulletin, it uh, bounces around a few verses in the Scriptures, and normally we stick to one passage or one verse, uh, but tonight uh, we're taking a different, a different style, as it were, to look at uh, the subject that we have, and uh, we're going to read John's Gospel uh, chapter 14 and the verse 15, and there the Savior simply says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And then 2 Timothy chapter 2, the verse 3, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wareth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier. Of Jesus Christ. Amen. And may the Lord bless the reading of His Word. Let us unite together and seek the Lord in prayer. Our Eternal God and Father in Heaven, we thank thee this night for another and fresh opportunity to preach thee and to preach thy word, and to preach our blessed Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as we gather here tonight, may we know thy help. And may we know the outpouring of thy spirit. And Father, we pray that each one of us, uh, we know what it is to be a good soldier of Christ, to endure that hardship. And we have thought about the persecutions of the early church in the adult Sunday school. Uh, We considered that letter to the church at Smyrna last week. And Father, as we come now to this subject this evening and considering... Uh, the topic of the Christian soldier. and uh, We pray, O oh God, that uh, Thou would be pleased to encourage us to endure hardship, to stand fast for the Savior, to not be ashamed. And, Father, we pray that Thou would give us the strength and the enablement to be good soldiers of the Savior. Bless us, apply Thy Word to our hearts. We do remember those outside of Christ. We pray that Thou would speak to them. And have a word in season. And Father, in thy will, we pray that thou would be pleased to move and to draw souls to thyself. Bless us and give that help, that strength we need. We pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. The famous missionary C.T. Studd Once penned a booklet that was entitled The Chocolate Soldier or Heroism, The Lost Chord of Christianity. He said in that booklet that every true soldier is a hero. A soldier without heroism is a chocolate soldier who has not been stirred to scorn and mirth at the very thought of a chocolate soldier. He speaks of the Christian then And every true Christian is a soldier, a soldier of Christ, braver than the bravest, scorning the soft seductions of peace and her oft-repeated warnings against hardship, disease, danger and death, whom he counts among his bosom friends. Every true Christian is a soldier of Christ. And that is something that as the Church of Christ we need to remember and we need to understand. That we have been called, that we have been converted, that we have been redeemed into the army of Christ. And now as we consider that, the army of Christ is not an army as we would deem an army by the terms of this world. We here, we do not have a uniform. We do not come in carrying the weaponry of this world. It is a spiritual army and we are spiritual soldiers with the spiritual sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. And every Christian is saved to be a member of that army of Christ. And you cannot be a true soldier of Christ if you've never repented of sin. That brings us to the definition of what it is to be a soldier of Christ. One who has been redeemed, one who has been saved. And why do we need to be redeemed? Why do we need to be saved? Because of our sin. The word of God tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That the wages of sin is death, but it points us to something greater by which we can be saved. That the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And to be a soldier of Christ, we must be saved by Christ. We must be redeemed by Christ. Our lives must be changed by the power of God. Tonight, are you a Christian? Are you a true soldier of Christ? Because you know that new birth. We have considered John's Gospel, chapter 3, over the past number of Sunday evenings. And as we considered that chapter, we spoke about salvation. As salvation is found all through that chapter. The Savior speaks about everlasting life, he speaks about the need to be born again, the need to be regenerated, the new birth. And those things need to be the experience of the true Christian soldier because he must be one who was born again. One who has been changed and regenerated and experienced the new birth and knows that one day there will be life everlasting. Why? Because the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who was lifted up to die, that all men, that all men could see that there is a way of salvation. And of course, when we think of the gospel of Christ, the gospel of Christ is that great message that must be believed. And we, as those who are saved and those who are soldiers, that message of the gospel is the great message by which we charge to war, the great message that we fight for, the great message that we seek to spread across this world and so the true Christian is a soldier of Christ. But the otherwise Christian, C.T. Studd says, is a chocolate Christian. And in his booklet, he speaks rather humorously of this particular thought and mocks and scorns the one who is a chocolate Christian. And you might think, well, a chocolate Christian is a good thing. It's sweet and it's tasty and we like chocolate. So therefore, a chocolate Christian or a chocolate soldier must be something that is good. If downstairs after the meeting tonight, we had rows and rows of real chocolate soldiers to eat and to share amongst us, I don't think those who like chocolate would be complaining very much. But when we consider what C.T. Studd is saying, he says that the chocolate Christian dissolves in water. He melts at the smell of fire. He says, sweeties are they, bum-bums, lollipops, living their life in a glass dish or in a cardboard box, each clad in his soft clothing, a little frilled white paper to preserve his dear little delicate constitution. And the book that he penned, A Chocolate Soldier, is an interesting little booklet that has the purpose of stirring the Christian to take the word of God seriously and therefore to take Christ seriously and to take service for Christ seriously and living for the Lord and taking the gospel and the great message of that seriously. The whole point of his book is to emphasize that the believer who has been saved by God's grace It's to be a hero of the faith, like in Hebrews chapter 11, and not to be a chocolate soldier. And why does he use this term, chocolate soldier? In the summer, have you ever bought a bar of chocolate, left it in the heat of the car? When I worked for Canada Post, I took a thermometer and I put it in the back of my truck. I thought it would be very interesting to see what the working conditions were like and it was about 30 something degrees outside and it was nearly 50 degrees inside the metal truck and I didn't have any chocolate but it would have melted. Uh, Any water I had not uh, in the flask has certainly heated up very, very quickly and it was not that nice to drink. We know what it's like, the heat and we have a bar of chocolate, we leave it in the car, what happens? We return. And the chocolate has melted. It's a liquid. It could not withstand the heat. And the chocolate soldier, stud is saying, is one who cannot withstand the heat. And once the going gets tough, they melt. How many are chocolate soldiers when it comes to standing for Christ? When it comes to serving the Savior? Chocolate soldiers who find themselves in chocolate churches that are not prepared to take the heat and cannot take the heat in serving the Savior. Serving the Savior. He speaks about some lines of the favorite hymns of the chocolate soldier. I must be carried to the skies on a flowery bed of ease. Let others fight to win the prize or sail through bloody seas. Mark time, Christian heroes. Never go to war. Stop and mind the babies playing On the floor, wash and dress and feed them 40 times a week till they're roly-poly puddings, so to speak. Round and round the nursery, he said, let us ambulate sugar and spice and all that's nice must be on our slate. And so you see, he uses humor. And he mocks those who are not prepared to stand upon the profession of faith they've made to love and to live and serve their Savior. He said about one white-haired lady, God never meant me to be a jellyfish. And he said that she wasn't. She wasn't. Stud declared that God never was a chocolate manufacturer and never will be. God's men are always heroes. And in Scripture, you can trace their giant foot tracks down the sands of time. We'll see that this evening. But in the verses that we've read together, we're reminded about who we are as the body of Christ. Who we are as part of the army of God. Soldiers and Christians who've been saved by grace. And therefore, it is our duty to hold high the banner of the cross. To stand for King Jesus against the tide of sin in this world. Our conversion was our enlistment into the army of Christ. To stand for him and to fight for him. And is that your duty this evening? Do you believe that that is your duty? To stand for the Savior, to live for Him, to serve Him. We are not chocolate soldiers. And we ought not to be chocolate soldiers when it comes to performing our duties for the cause of Christ. And so as we commence our thoughts this evening, what is your relationship to Christ? How deep is your love for Him? How desirous, dear believer, are you to serve Him and glorify Him in all that you do. How deep is your love for Him? Maybe you're not a true soldier of Christ. Maybe you're not even a chocolate soldier. Maybe you're not even a soldier at all because you've never turned from sin and trusted the Lamb of God. Oh, that you would turn tonight. Take that step by the grace and working of Christ within your heart that you would be a soldier for him and a soldier that is passionate, a soldier that is zealous. You see, as the people of God, we ought to have zeal and we ought to have passion and we ought to have that love for our Savior and for his cause. And so tonight, as we said, we're going to jump around a few passages looking at the negative side of the positives uh, that we see in the Word of God. And the title this evening then is Chocolate Soldiers. Chocolate soldiers. And firstly, I want you to see that in taking this theme from C.T. Studd, uh, we see that the chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in esteeming Christ. The chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in esteeming Christ. The one who says they belong to Christ, but they melt facing the greatness of their responsibility to serve him and to live for him they melt and they forsake their duty in esteeming the Savior. I want you to turn back to John's Gospel, chapter 14, and the verse 15. And there the Savior says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. If ye love me, if Christ is esteemed within your life, you'll not forsake him. You'll love him. You'll keep his commandments. And the simple expression of esteeming Christ is having a love for him. And in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 11, verse 13, we see, And it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul. There was this command then, to love the Lord. And there can be several external signs that someone may be a Christian. They may have... A symbol on their clothing. They may have a bumper sticker on their vehicle. They may unashamedly carry a Bible. I remember knocking a door one time when I was on outreach in an area of Belfast in Northern Ireland. And we were doing outreach for a gospel mission that we were doing as Bible college students. And I knocked this door and the door opened and this lady had a child in her arms and I looked beyond her because the very first thing I saw was the bookcase behind her. And some of the titles stood out. And uh, the one of the sets of books was the works of Jonathan Edwards. And there were other works and books there that I had myself and recognized and had read. And I began to talk to this lady. She didn't say very much. Uh, I, I said, you know, are you a Christian? I, I see the books behind you. And they said uh, that they belong to her son-in-law. And... Uh, she didn't say very much about the mission or anything like that, and so I left. And later on, uh, several years later, and I knew, well, this was a Christian home. Whoever lived there, they were a Christian. They were reading good literature, reading good sermons, and I wondered who they were. And I assisted in one of our churches during my final year in Northern Ireland, and I met uh, this individual who said he used to live In this particular area and he liked good literature and it turned out uh, that this individual who I'm now good friends with uh, was uh, the person who who owned that home and owned those books that I had knocked that door off many many years ago and so the door was opened and to me it was very clear there's something standing out here even the books implied there was a Christian that lived In this particular home there may be those who carry a bible those who never miss a service at their church and there are signs and external evidences that one can be a child of god and one can be saved but there's a great evidence one that cannot be faked one that cannot be used to deceive and it is the internal evidence found within the heart the lord sees the heart and the lord sees your heart he sees whether it is a heart that is dark with sin, a heart that loves the things of this world, a heart that desires the sin of this world, or he sees it's a heart that loves him, a heart that has been cleansed by the Savior, that internal evidence is one that we cannot fake, that we cannot engineer ourselves. And it is a clear sign within our hearts, and only the Lord sees it, that we love him. And of course, as we esteem the Savior, we love him. We love him. What does this word esteem mean then? They forsake their duty in esteeming Christ. In Job 36, verse 19, it said of God, will he esteem thy riches? No, not gold, nor all the forces of strength. In Luke 16, the Savior says, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your hearts, for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. And the word esteem has that implication of placing value upon something. But moving into the New Testament and into the book of Hebrews, uh, we see regarding Moses that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And that Greek word that is translated here, esteeming in Hebrews 11, it means to account or judge. Moses accounted, he made a judgment within his heart that the reproach of Christ was greater riches than all of those real treasures found in Egypt the English word esteem refers to a respect or admiration and when we think of the chocolate soldier they forsake their duty in esteeming Christ Christ is not valued he's not judged the way he ought to be he's not respected or admired or loved as we see in John 14 the way that he ought to be the true soldier of Christ will always have a thankfulness and love in esteeming their blessed Savior. The chocolate soldier, what does he have? It's a light esteem. It can be easily scratched away. It's not something that is lasting and something that is sure. We can think in John 20 of Peter who was challenged by the Lord Lovest thou me? Lovest thou me? And there we see Peter's fervor and his love for Christ is assessed in that question. And he's challenged by the Savior after his sin of denial, do you love me? And if the same question that came to Peter by the lips of Christ came to you or I tonight, what would our answer be? Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. I love thee more than all these things in life. As Peter was at the, the side of the sea, the sea shore. The fish and his boat and the nets and that employment? Did he love Christ more than those things? And do you love Christ more than the things of this world? Do you love Christ above all else? The chocolate soldier forsakes the Savior. He forsakes his duty in esteeming Christ, he forsakes his duty in loving Christ. We have there are those in the church at Ephesus. They loved the Savior. Sorry, they served the Savior. But the Savior knew in Revelation 2 that they had left their first love. Their love was not what it ought to have been. Dear believer tonight, what if you, what if your love for Christ, what if your love for the Lamb of God who died upon the cross of Calvary. Can it be said of you that you've forsaken your duty in esteeming Christ? That Christ has been set aside, that he's not first in your life as he ought to be. The Savior said, if ye love me, keep my commandments. Keep them, obey them, live for them, glorify him in keeping his commandments. And you see, love Love is about more than words. It's about actions. It's about actions. We could say that we love. And we could say that we love our spouse, or we love our children, or we love one of our friends, as a friend and as a help in our lives. But yet, they often look at our actions. so easy to say, I love you, But what about the actions? So easy for many in this world to say to someone, I love you. And then their actions and their sins point to the fact that they don't really love at all. Their attention is elsewhere, their desires and lusts are all over the place. Do we truly esteem him? This afternoon, a friend sent me this quote. He said, The modern church is producing passionate people filled with empty heads who love the Jesus they don't know very well. The modern church is producing passionate people filled with empty heads who love the Jesus they don't know very well. To esteem Christ, to fully esteem him, to love him, we must know him. And the soldier... The true soldier of Christ knows his Savior and loves his Savior. And he does not serve with an empty head or an empty heart. He has a head and a heart that is filled with the knowledge and the experience of Christ through salvation and through his word. Knowing Christ and reading his word and receiving that means of grace, all these things go hand in hand with our love of Christ knowing our Savior and esteeming him because of that love. Tonight, are you a chocolate soldier who through all the circumstances and interests you have in life, you've forsaken that great duty of esteeming Christ. Oh, that you would love him and keep his commandments as that great show of love. And then secondly, we see that the chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in living for Christ. The chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in living for Christ. And what is this duty? We see in Second Timothy three or Second Timothy two verse three, thou therefore, thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. And moving back to Hebrews chapter eleven, we see in this passage the great acts of faith that they accomplished through the Lord and through the power. of Of faith. And we have Samuel and David and Samson, who through faith, verse 33, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire. These were great acts accomplished through faith. These individuals were not chocolate soldiers. They lived for the Lord. They lived for their God. They lived for their Savior. And the Christian is to enjoy. To endure hardness is a good soldier of Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In other words, the things of this life peel into insignificance when we consider our Savior. This does not mean that we quit our jobs in the bank, that we no longer teach, that we no longer work perhaps in law enforcement or in. Mechanical work or in plumbing or building, to name but a few. This does not mean we don't work and don't own a home. Not entangling ourselves with the affairs of this life. It means, 2 Timothy 2 verse 3, it means, or verse 4, it means we don't let the affairs of this world. And specifically those non-essential matters in life. Entertainment and all of these things interfere with our duty as a good soldier of Christ. We have a duty to live for him. And we feel in that duty if we are more determined to serve a different king and a different general. Sir Anthony Blunt is a name probably more known in England, in British history, several decades ago. He was a leading art historian. He was part of the Cambridge Five. And who were the Cambridge Five? Well, the Cambridge Five was a spy ring that served the Soviet Union until at least the early 1950s. Sir Anthony Blunt worked as a spy for the Soviet Union during the war and into the 1950s. He was stripped of his knighthood in 1979 when his extracurricular activities, we could say, found him out. And it became public knowledge. There was another man by the name of Kim Philby. He was a British intelligence officer and he was also a spy for the Soviets. He defected to Moscow in 1963 and lived there until the late 80s when he died. He was a sympathizer with communism. He went down the road of betraying his country, later depicted on a Soviet postal stamp. And we get the idea, don't we? These men betrayed their nation. They betrayed their country by living a double life, by passing on information that benefited the enemies of their country. They lived a double life with double standards. And when we think of living for the Savior, we are not to live a double life by double standards. We are either all in as a good soldier of Christ or we are out as a chocolate soldier. There is nothing in between, nothing in between. The chocolate soldier does not desire to live for Christ and certainly does not desire to endure hardness for him. And there in Hebrews 11, we see this great cloud of witnesses who lived for God through faith. Will you be one of those witnesses? One of those who through faith accomplished great things because that faith, it was a simple faith. It was a faith in which they lived and showed and displayed throughout their lives, keeping his commandments, glorifying the Savior, glorifying their God in all that they do. C.T. Studd brings our attention to Abraham. He was a simple farmer and at a word from the invisible God he marched with family and stock through the desert to a distant land to live among a people whose language he could neither speak Nor understand. Not bad that. But later he did even better marching against the combined armies of five kings, flushed with recent victory to rescue one man. His army, 318 odd fellows, armed like a circus crowd, and he won. And Stud said, He always wins who sides with God. What was his secret? C.T. Studd asks, he said, "He was the friend of God. He lived his life for God. He knew the Lord, He lived in faith. You see, the real soldier of Christ has a duty of living for him. Are you living for him? Are you keeping his commandments? Are you walking in his ways? Are you living for him? Because he's your savior, and he's your king and he's your master. Or are you a chocolate soldier who forsakes your duty? In living for Christ. Thirdly, I want you to see that the chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in serving Christ. Forsakes his duty in serving Christ. Again, the soldier is to endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. There is to be a diligent service for the Master, the one who called him, the one who saved him. Are you serving the Savior? Are you dedicated to his cause, to praying? For his work, to supporting his work, to speaking to others about their need of salvation, of seeking to be a good soldier for Christ. Daniel Stud said was another hero. Of course he was. And he spoke about desiring to watch him as he walks, with firm step and radiant face were to the lion's den, stopping but once. God shut the mouths of the lions against Daniel but opened them wide against those who had opened their mouths against his servant. A man is known by his works and the works of Daniel were his three friends who rather than bow down to men or gold breathed the fiery furnace. He spoke of chocolate Demas. Demas. And Paul says about Demas who had forsaken him. Demas, who left the apostle, and Stud refers to him as Chocolate Demas. Someone who didn't stick with the apostle, someone who gave up. He spoke of Mark, who left Paul and Barnabas and went back to Jerusalem. There, Acts chapter 13, he said that he re enlisted in God's army and became a useful soldier again, but he had joined the chocolate brigade. He had turned aside and left them behind. when we think of the great examples in scripture, we think of Mark, we think of Demas, Daniel is to be our example. Daniel who stood firm, Daniel who was not ashamed, Daniel who served the Lord. When the command came to say, do not pray to anyone but the king, what did he do? He bowed the knee and he prayed as he did aforetime, the word of God tells us. This wasn't something he did just to annoy the king Or to show that he had rights. This was something he diligently did each day. He prayed as he had aforetime. As he had done over the years. He continued to do. He stood firm in serving his Lord and his Savior. He was not a chocolate soldier. Not a chocolate soldier. Oh, we are to serve the Lord diligently. We're to put his work first. We're to serve him with all the strength and the grace that he gives us because the chocolate soldier forsakes their duty in serving Christ. Oh, that we would not forsake our duty. And then fourthly and finally, the chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in standing for Christ. The chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in standing for Christ. He's to endure hardship As a good soldier of Christ. I should say that these are not C.T. Studd's points. These are my points. As I was thinking upon the theme of a chocolate soldier, I was thinking of this sermon and prepared the points and a lot of what is to be said. And then I read his booklet to see what he said. Uh, I remembered that he had once penned a booklet on that particular theme. And so the chocolate soldier forsakes his duty in standing for Christ. And what is the spiritual soldier to do? Dear Christian, what are you to do for the Lord? You're to stand for him. You're to stand for his word. You're to stand for his truth. We're to stand for what the Bible believes. We're to stand for the truths of the gospel of Christ. And we look at a world today, a world that has, in Christian circles, largely abandoned the truth of the gospel. There are many good churches, many churches that still preach salvation through Christ alone. But there are many who have abandoned that message And the church is a social club. And the church is a place to come and feel good. Not a place to be convicted of sin. Not a place to hear of your need of a savior and your duty in forsaking sin to live for Christ. The duty has been abandoned. The stand has been set aside. Those and those churches that once stood for Christ are now, we could say, made of chocolate made of chocolate. I saw a photograph recently on social media of this church, a sign of this church that was decorated. And you would think it was celebrating the end of the flood and Noah's Ark with the various colors that were on that sign, but it wasn't. It was promoting... Liberalism and promoting an agenda that is not found in the Word of God at all. And the date of the founding of that church was there, 1730-something, 1733 perhaps. Nearly 300 years ago when that church was founded. One of the Presbyterian churches in the United States. And if you look back at that history... There were men who stood firm, men who preached the word of God, men who were not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but now there was a change. Now, the strong soldiers who preached Christ in the churches that Christ was preached in, now they're all, as we said, made of chocolate. They've melted, they're not prepared to stand for the truth of God's word anymore. And we are to have nothing to do with them. We are to come out from among them and be separate. We are to stand for what the truth of God is. They have forsaken their duty. And we must look to the Lord for grace and help that we would not forsake our duty. That we would not forsake our duty. We can think of David, the man after God's own heart, C.T. Studd said. He faced Goliath alone. He was not ashamed of the truth. He was scolded by his brother. And he refers to all those soldiers of Israel in 1 Samuel 17 as chocolate soldiers. They were not prepared to stand for the truth and stand for God and stand for the nation. We considered that a few weeks ago. What did David do? He was not made of chocolate, as C.T. stud says. He stood firm. He saw that God's honor was at stake. He saw that God was being blasphemed and he would have no part of it and he stood firm. And dear believer, God desires a people who will stand for him, who will stand for him. In Acts 20, the apostle warns the elders of Ephesus of those who would come from within themselves, who would rise up and seek to stir a people and lead people after them. Oh, we are to serve the Lord and stand For him and stand against those who are not of Christ and those who seek to be those chocolate soldiers that do not take that stand for Christ. Whether they're family or not or friends, God is to be first. That's the lesson here the seriousness of the soldier of Christ. God is to be first in all things, and his word is to be first. In all things. Oh how many chocolate soldiers have melted in the face of opposition. Regarding spiritual issues and taking a stand for the Lord. They don't want the trouble. They don't want ill thought of. They don't want to divide their family. Or have members of their family ill spoken of. Or risk causing issues by taking a stand. They they don't want to do all of those things. Because those things are the fire. That will melt them. Because they're made of chocolate. Chocolate. When we think of the martyrs that we considered the last few weeks in the adult Sunday school, they were not chocolate soldiers. They endured hardness as a good soldier of Christ. They came close to the flame. They didn't melt. They were cast into the flame. Many of them cast into the flame. And they still didn't melt. Oh, for that same courage and conviction today. Not excuses. The chocolate soldier loves excuses and loves to bring other issues to move away from that main issue of standing for Christ. Divert attention. Try and get away with everything that's going on because they don't want to melt. They don't want to melt. We spoke in the Adult Sunday School about nominal Christians, those who gave in to the demands of the persecutors, Nominal, what does that mean? They name the name of Christ, but they don't have the conviction of Christ or conviction from Christ. They name Christ. They're part of Christ's church, so they say, but deep down they're made of chocolate. Deep down they're not prepared, like others were, to stand for the Lord. Oh, the chocolate soldier forsakes their duty in esteeming Christ, in living for Christ, in serving Christ, in standing for Christ. Let us examine ourselves. Are we made of chocolate? Are we made of chocolate? The fear of men and the fear of this world can change our spiritual constitution to chocolate. May we seek the Lord and seek His grace, that that would not happen, that we would stand firm for Him, that we would not be ashamed of His gospel and His word and His law. And as we close... Are you a chocolate soldier or are you a true soldier of Jesus Christ? Let us give C.T. Stud the last word. We repeat his last words from this booklet. He said, enlist. Here are your papers and oath of allegiance. Scratch out one side and sign the other. Mark guards endorsements underneath. And there's two columns for you to sign, one or the other. Henceforth he said, for me to live is Christ to die is gain. I'll be a militant, a man of God, a gambler for Christ, a hero. Sign here. Could you sign there tonight and place your name? For me to live is Christ. Or, a CT stud said, "For me, chocolate, my name, tepidity, my temperature, I'm a malingerer, I, a child of man, a self-excuser." A humbug sign here. Where will you sign? Where can you truthfully sign? Is Christian your name? A true soldier of Christ? Or is chocolate your name? May the Lord speak to us tonight. May the Lord speak to us as we consider the importance of taking him seriously and standing for him. And even may what we've related about C.T. Studd and some of the humorous style that he had in writing this, may it speak to us. May the Lord be pleased to challenge our hearts. Is Christian your name or is chocolate your name? May the Lord bless his word. Let us pray. Our eternal God and Father in heaven, we thank thee for thy goodness and grace toward us. We thank thee, we can look to thee, we thank thee for this word that reminds us to be a good soldier of Christ, to love thee and keep thy commandments, to walk in thy ways. We think of those great saints of old and we pray, O oh God, that we would be encouraged and challenged to follow them, to live for their Christ, to know and experience in our lives these great things that they accomplished for the cause of Christ. Father, we pray that our spiritual constitution uh, would be grounded upon the Savior, that it would not be chocolate, as C.T. Studd so famously wrote. But may we not melt in the face of opposition. May we not melt when seeking to witness for Thee, give us strength, keep us close to Thee and close to our Savior, and, Father, glorify thy name through our lives, we pray. We do remember the time of fellowship and food after. Bless it to us. We give thee thanks for the food that has been prepared. and Bless it to us. Bless our fellowship. May we glorify thee in partaking of these things and part us with thy blessing. May the love of God our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of God the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen.